It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Good to have you with us, everybody. So thrilled. It's Monday, August 10th, 2020. I was just on with a client, and I was saying, and they go, well, let's launch this one part of the project until September. That's a ways off. And I go, you look at the calendar, how close September is. My sake, it's three weeks away. And anyway, craziness. Monday, August 10th. Yep, it's hot days of summer. We're getting close to this. What a crazy month. I hope you're all doing well maintaining in these volumes. Anyway, it's good to have you with us, everybody. This podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for Mortgage Professionals, and we're so grateful to have you Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. I am excited about our hot topic today. I am excited about each one of these we produce each and every week. But Alex Kutchison is here for me, founder and CEO and chief ROI booster. And we're going to be having him in the hot topic segment and looking forward to that. Also, you want to check up on all the podcasts. We're part of IndustrySyndicate.com. Check them out as well as MortgageMedia.com thrilled to have them here. A special shout out on a Tuesday, September 1st, there'll be a webinar at 1 p.m. Central Time with Finastra, and I'll be doing it with Steve Hope. He is Vice President of Mortgage Solutions. We're going to be talking about streamlining the lending process with the digital solutions, as well as reducing operating costs and increasing employee morale and a number of things. So so it's a presentation I'm actually doing, and Steve and I are kind of collaboratively doing it, but I picked the topic and I'm really encouraging all of our listeners to make sure you request a a copy of, of that. There should be a link in our podcast show notes for you to register for the event. So uh, looking forward to having you participate. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. A little thrilled to have them. We've already talked about Finastra in the upcoming webinar that we're going to be doing. Very important to get registered for that, everybody. And then Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops do a great job of creating competitive advantages for lenders and vendor members. And we have the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Pleased to have our association with them, as well as Indicom. I was just talking to Linda Bomar the other day. They're doing so well. And uh, if you haven't checked that out, check out Indicom, I-N-D-E-C-O-M-M.com. You can check it out on our webpage, Liquid on Lending, and uh, the sponsors, along with all of our sponsors. Check it out, what they have up there for us. Also, Incelerate. This company is helping lenders gain closer relationships by engaging the borrower in a more effective way and exchanging prospects and helping them become borrowers and customers of yours. So we have talked about that on the Hot Topic segment. Boomerang has got that as well as Incelerate. Check out AinsworthAdvisors.com. It's a board of advisory service. More and more lenders and vendors as well as Fannie, Freddie, and Jenny are saying, by the way, who's your advisors? Well, check out our list of advisors that can be on your board of advisors. Check it out at AinsworthAdvisors.com. AinsworthAdvisors.com. Also, AI Assist, which helps you with artificial intelligence on the marketing side of the business. Really cool stuff, what they're doing. As well as Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, 
as well as Velma Bender Serpent Vidyard. And also one of our newest sponsors is Unique. Really excited about our relationship with Unique.com. It ties in with the AI artificial intelligence. So I got to tell you, we got some really great sponsors. Be sure to go over to our website on our sponsor page and check them all out. Thank you goes out to Alice, Alan, Andy, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. So here is the MPA Mortgage Minute with Rob Van Rapphorst. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. This past weekend, President Trump signed a series of executive orders in response to the growing economic concerns stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. Those actions will extend the federal moratorium on evictions, extend unemployment benefits, provide a payroll tax holiday, and defer student loan payments through 2020. MBA will continue to monitor further developments as Congress works on the next relief package. Also, last week, the FFIEC provided prudent risk management and consumer protection principles for financial institutions to consider while working with borrowers during the pandemic. MBA remains engaged with the federal banking agencies and is working with members as they support businesses and households during this time. And finally, MBA last week submitted comments to the CFPB regarding the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. In the letter, MBA maintained that the use of disclosures would better serve debtors and collectors than the outright prohibition of filing a claim. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. I'd love to get into more on that. If you go back and listen to Rob's comments this week, last week, and all the weeks, go back to our website, go to our contributors, and we'll be able to give you all that information. Let's run over to, oh, and while you're at the MBA website, again, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance downloaded app as well as sign up on their website. So much uh, to be paying attention to as it relates to what's going on in our industry. So let's get over to the TM Spotlight with Les Parker. It's this week's macro view of the markets. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Don't you ever say, Fed just walked away. We will always save you. Fed came in like a wrecking ball. Fed never hit so hard with Doug. All Fed wanted was liquidity. All they ever did was wreck this. Fed Chairman Jay Powell may say it's all about COVID-19, but investors in mortgages say it's all about the Fed's view of relationships. The Fed wrecked the symmetry among different mortgage coupons with its orderly moves. Expect short-term deflation to collide with long-term inflation prospects soon, which leads to uneven mood swings in mortgages. All Fed ever did was wreck this. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Good job. I love Gary Canterbone, Les Parker team up to do that every week. And I appreciate what they do. A lot of time and energy goes into that. I love the thought. Good job. Wrecking ball. Matt Graham's here with us. So always so much fun to have Matt here. Giving us an update. Got your screen up behind me looking at it. I'm so proud of the screen, Matt, that I have it set up. So every time I'm on a Zoom call, People see it behind me. That's so much fun. There I love you go. Screen. Anyway, good job, Matt Graham of MBS Live. Check it out at mbslive.net. N-E-T. All right, Matt. What's going on, man? How's it going, Dave? Yeah. What's this wrecking ball stuff that that's talking about? Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. It takes me a while to collect my wits after such a vocal performance. It's really <laughs> moving, right? It makes yeah. me a little bit emotional. 
So we'll get caught up real quick with the bigger picture in last week, because there are some potentially interesting things going on for the bond market. As we've been talking about, things have been moving in a fairly linear and positive direction for interest rates, both in terms of treasuries and the mortgage market. And uh, coming into last week, uh, they were pushing the boundaries, so to speak. And uh, let's define what boundaries mean real quick. These aren't bad boundaries, good boundaries that they were pushing. In terms of 10-year yields, which of course don't directly dictate mortgage rates, but they definitely speak to broader rate momentum. We had been approaching this floor of 0.57 or 0.58, depending on the day you looked, and that had proven reasonably hard to break. We had a bounce there in early July and then some more bounces in late July, but then as of last week, broke below that. And uh, one thing we like to see when those sorts of levels are broken is for them to then take the opposite roll on. So if it had been a floor, we like to see yields turn around and use it as a ceiling, which they did uh, quite clearly on the third, right around the middle of the day. And uh, the rest of the week was below that. Yields held below that, and it looked like it was going to be a solid week. But and it was a solid week. But then yeah. what we saw is uh, resistance to the next floor. The next floor, you could call it 0.51 if you want. We don't have enough past precedent or historical bond market movement to really have anything well established underfoot. But we could clearly see that yields didn't want to break any lower. And suddenly can talk about this other kind of boundary, which is a technical boundary that is based on looking at how uh, the days are going. Like, do we have more bad days than good days over a certain time frame? Uh, so looking at last week, we had two bigger days of selling versus only one bigger day of buying. And uh, combine that with another moderate day of selling. And the tone was arguably shifting in a weaker direction, or at least saying that the recent strength in bonds was going to consolidate. Consolidation, fancy word for stopping doing whatever it was doing yeah. before. So if bonds were trending lower in yield, lower in rate, the consolidation means they're going to go sideways or maybe slightly higher. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And yeah. then we have to ask ourselves, why are they doing that? The big news last week was employment-related data. And so it was going to be the case on the first week of any given month because you have ADP employment on Wednesday, then every week you have jobless claims. And uh, then NFP or the big jobs report on Friday. Very interesting week as far as jobs are concerned because ADP came out much weaker than expected. And that had uh, that coincided with not necessarily uh, economists, but research desks and traders kind of passing around this whisper number and analysis suggesting that the jobs report could actually come in much weaker than the forecast was calling for. And sometimes you might hear this referred to as a quote-unquote whisper number. So the whisper number for NFP non-farm payrolls was very low. Some people were saying it could even be in negative territory. Then ADP comes out, and it is much weaker than expected. And people are saying, oh, gosh, the jobs report must really be on track to be much weaker than expected. So that all set us up to learn quite a bit about what the bond market and mortgage rates are valuing right now. Because... NFP, as we know, if we watched it last week, came out much stronger than expected, completely going against the grain of what ADP had laid out and the whisper number. 
So here we had a tremendous opportunity for the bond market to react to economic data if it wanted to. And indeed, on the middle of the day on Friday, we saw bond yields move rapidly higher. However, in the immediate wake of the non-farm payrolls report, they just moved higher by a nominal amount and then actually rallied, doing completely the opposite of what you would think they would do if they were reacting to the jobs data. That movement in the middle of the day had a lot more to do with other stuff, including stimulus negotiations and traders getting ready for this week's supply outlook. When we talk about supply, it's almost always a reference to treasury auctions. Basically, the, uh, the flea market where the U.S. government auctions off its treasury debt to willing buyers. And this can be a market mover, and it can be something that traders get nervous about or that they learn things about. And uh, you would think that that is not necessarily something that should be a surprise since we know how big those auction amounts are. But if you think about uh, traders being tasked with moving a mountain the same way a trucking company or multiple trucking companies might say, hey, you guys all have to show up and team up to move this mountain. Sure, we know there's a mountain there. We know it's big. We know how many trucks we have and we know what the job looks like. But you don't really know how well that's going to go until you do it and until you see how other people are doing it. So one of this week's big revelations will be seeing how all of the metaphorical trucking companies will be moving the mountain of treasury debt off the books or onto their books. And that will give the market a lot of insight as to the appetite that investors have for that treasury debt. There are two key inflation reports. So per Les's inflation meeting deflation conversation, we'll see if that's actually showing up in the numbers yet. Is all the money the Fed is pumping into the economy ready to show up in July's numbers? Probably not. But as soon as we start to see that show up, it will get markets thinking about not necessarily something like a taper tantrum, but something in that same vein of, gosh, now we have to wonder how the Fed's going to dial back and when they're going to dial back. They said they are going to let inflation run hotter than normal to kind of make up for lost time, as it were. That's the asymmetric inflation target. But we're a ways off from the data raising that red flag. Just be aware that when it is raised, that's something that has historically spooked markets seemingly overnight. It's not a big deal until it is, and then it's a very big deal. Other than that, retail sales on Friday just made a case for the market not caring so much about economic data, so I'm not sure how much we're really interested in that relative to the supply outlook and taking down those auctions and seeing if we get any more stimulus negotiation progress, because of course it is the stimulus more than anything that is driving the variability in the outlook for treasury supply, since treasuries are used to pay for the stimulus. So with that, I'll take a breath and see if you have any questions and we'll go from there. Sam, no, that's good. I've been looking at your screen and I'm looking at some of the comments that are going on there. There's so much information on this website. I want to talk about some of the commentaries, like on the MBS live chat. Talk about what people are chatting about. Why is this such a, a valuable feature? I know it is. I just want our listeners to hear about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just imagine that you could suddenly merge your mortgage office with every other mortgage originator around the country or thousands of them anyway. Uh, because, of course, not everybody's a member, even though they should be. And to think about anything that you might be curious about that could be answered by other people than you normally have access to. Some of the hot topics right now include uh, turn times and what different lenders are doing with their overlays for certain conditions and how long docs are taking to get out. People are curious about what it would be like to work with a new lender that is 
trying to get set up with them and they can get immediate feedback from the rest of the community to see how that's going. Uh, so there's a lot of scenario discussions, rate discussions, turn times, and uh, just commiseration. I mean, people are all working 12 to 18 hour days, depending on who you are. And it's nice to know that everybody's in the same boat in that regard. Of course, we talk about rates and locking and floating too, but uh, a lot of guidelines and industry specific uh, commiseration and information sharing. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on your website. I just love it. So much there. Encourage people to be sure to check it out. And how can they get the extended offer? Go ahead. You, you bet. MBSLive.net is the main website that you use to sign up. Tell it you want to start a free trial. And then on the next screen, you'll be able to enter a promo code and just use this code, L-O-L, Licking on Lending. That'll double your free time and it'll get you around the credit card requirement and streamline that sign-up process. So there's really no risk and no reason not to check it out. Well, I am excited. Some of the listeners that are already giving me feedback on it saying, I absolutely love this system. It is the best. So we appreciate you. I appreciate you being a part of this and uh, you're doing a great job and check out the service folks. Appreciate you, man, so much. Have a great one. You too. You bet. Well, I talked to Alice Alvey, and she is not going to be able to be with us today. I'm so sad about it. They had to put their dog down last night, and it's tough. I mean, we've got two old dogs, and so our heart goes out to Andy and her husband. What a great family, and sorry to hear that, but she is doing a great job as a CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home. There are so many exciting things they have going over there. Go back and listen to all of Alice's segments, and you'll love it. Uh, there's so much there that you can listen to on our website. So let's get over to Alan Pollock. Alan, good to have you here, friend. It's always great to be here. I'll remind our listeners, TGIM, right, Dave? Which I, I totally agree. It's, it's if you get up early enough on a Monday and you have your smoothie or yogurt or your coffee or your eggs, it's a great day. It just it kicks off great. So. And then, and then, of course, the Lickin' on Lending podcast should get you sort of launched yeah. into the rest of your day. And speaking of launched, Rocket, right? Rocket, Rocket companies did go public. Uh, great picture, ringing the bell and all that wonderful stuff. I, I don't really have an opinion other than I think it's fantastic for our industry and technology and fintech overall. But I got to tell you, I did find one person online that does a whole bunch of different stuff about the stock market. And... It's so funny. I, I'm not really going to get into what they say. This is really funny. It said it, they went public on Thursday in the IPO. The company sold 100 million shares at $18, and they started trading on Thursday under the symbol Rocket, which in their imagination, meaning the person that wrote this article, it looks a lot like R-E-K-T or wrecked because he's saying this stock will wreck your portfolio. So if you want to check it out, yeah. And he talks about why, which we won't get into today. He talks about the, the biggest thing that he says is uh, recent market share gains are mostly through partner networks, which brings in far less revenue than it's direct to consumer business. And it talks about volatility in the refinance market. So look, we, we're all in the industry. We get it. Is, is it still the brand of consumer direct, whether it's through partner networks or not? It absolutely is. And it has been, and, and they continue to innovate I don't know if anyone owns the stock and what you're doing with it, but definitely uh, maybe yeah. a cool article. It's called Seeking Alpha, if you want to check it out. And I love that one. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, great Yeah, great opinions on there. Great stuff in the news. Holy cow. Google rents out goats. So instead of mowing their lawn at their properties, the goats <laughs> actually take care of it for them. Okay. I didn't know that. And then 
Siri, Alexa, and many others, these devices record your info, but you mm -hmm. can go to the privacy settings and actually review all of your recorded conversations and delete them. You also can turn off the recording at any time. So you can oh, do that in your privacy controls. Yeah, uh -huh. I, did, I personally didn't know you can turn off and review your recordings. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I may have to check that out. Yeah, I have to do that too. Yeah. And David, I know everyone's probably thinking, man, you guys didn't say anything about TikTok and I, President um, Trump and you're really not going to say very much other than Microsoft is a front runner to buy it and Twitter uh, could potentially try and merge with it. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the news if you're following it. But TikTok is uh, definitely a news maker right now. August 17th to the 18th, David, I don't know where you're going to be, but I will be visiting or virtually visiting the Mortgage Innovators Conference. And actually, our hot topic guest will be there as well. Yeah. So you want to check it out. It, yeah. it's, I think it's its second year or it's its third year. Last year was the second. Mortgage Innovators Conference is similar to the Digital Mortgage Conference, except this year because it's virtual, there is a whole bunch of digital content. And David, it's funny. I was talking with a bunch of folks at Open Close today. I feel that these virtual conferences may bring more attention to a brand rather than being at a conference where you're sort of distracted and meeting and greeting and walking around, I think that That's you may get point. the right attention you need in these yeah. virtual conferences. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out throughout the year. I, I get asked all the time, David, what is low code or no code? What is that? Can we do that? Especially there's people that have wanted to build mobile apps and they look at these things. I, I've been split in the middle between this concept. Uh, there's a company out there. Listen to this. It's called Emphasis. M-P-H-A-S-I-S, -S, Digital Risk. It's their technology. There's a, another company called Mendix, M-E-N-D-I-X. Well, okay. Mendix is a low-code platform, which I'm going to read this directly from their advertisement. It, it drives fast, effective digitalization. They specially do it in financial services. Get this, Emphasis, the digital risk platform that has now leveraged Mendix for the last two years, did $1.7 trillion in secondary mortgage loans through this Mendix-built application, so hmm. this low-code or no-code system. Mendix only requires one developer in .NET, and you can develop all kinds of integrations and apps with it. Mendix, by the way, is a Siemens business, and they have processed an enormous amount of technology through their platform. So if you want to try, if, you, if you're not really a technology company and you want to try this low-code platform, you want to go check out Mendix, M-E-N-D-I-X. Mm. doesn't mean that I support it, but you want to check it out. Yeah, check it out. And David, last week we talked very really briefly about um, CIO versus CTO, and we talked about how a CIO is focused on managing the infrastructure of business operations and really focused even on the vendors and, and all of the vendor management, the procurement, and the security infrastructure of your organization. What is a CTO, right? And, and of course, it's a bigger conversation, but I've got mm -hmm. just a couple of points for those of you that are in this conversational topic in your own organization today. A CTO is charged with thinking about how your technology is going to be used by your customers and how you're going to become more efficient with that technology. And so if you say that you're a lender and you're a technology company, then you definitely need to understand your customer experience and how you're going to better serve those customers. But keep in mind, your customers are also your loan officers, your operational staff, not just borrowers. And so you need to be thinking about innovation, strong technology. You need that visionary who's taking accountability for how the organization is going to be wired, 
how these technologies are going to actually work, not just the procurement that the CIO has done, but how mm-hmm. you're going to put them together and what is the staff. And if you're building some of your own technology, what is that strategy? And more than likely as a CTO, you'll be building that strategy with your CIO, and you'll also be focusing on success metrics. And how do you continue to innovate? But look backwards. How is it performing? How does it work on your systems? Are you creating those operational efficiencies? And then, of course, are you reporting and tracking and managing that with your CIO? So a CTO is an extremely important role outside of the CIO should you call yourselves a technology company. Now, that's just a quick high level, David. Of course, it goes in more depth. But for that high level, that's what it is. Just one last important point to mention to everybody is that the next week we'll be talking about how to engage better with borrowers with simple ways to include technology where you don't need a CTO. So we'll talk about that next week. Otherwise, have a fantastic week and looking forward to our hot topic guest. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions that are coming in on text messages right now that I want to Sure. And we have time. Yeah. But we're giving you a couple of questions in on the CTO and the CIO. And so the question is, CIOs look forward, question mark, question mark, question mark. CTOs look at what you have. A great way to sort of internalize it is a CIO can be responsible for technologies that run a business internally. Right. And a CTO is responsible for technologies that grow the business externally. Ah, grow the business externally. Okay. So do you have both CTOs and CIOs in the same company? Is another question that just came in. It's interesting. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So a lot of people used to have an IT director or a vice president of IT that sort of was in charge of everything. Just because of security alone and the need to make sure that procurement of your vendors, management of security, and that's not just security of your vendors, but all the data you're collecting and how you're internalizing and using it, just that alone is enough to keep a CIO busy. So if you think about that, plus all the infrastructure of your organization, laptops, are you still printing things? And, and all those other things, compliance, and then what you want to build and how to manage those projects with your vendors, there's no way that one IT director could do it all. I don't know why these are coming in, but it's, it's, it's really good. And we have just a minute, so let's ask this one. Do both of them report up to another C-level executive? Are they equal in the organization? Now, would like to get Adam's thought. Do, does one report to the other, or do they both report to, the, un, to another position or the CEO? Yeah, it's, it's common that the CTO can report to the CIO, depending okay. on the size of the organization, and if the CTO is hired later on. If you have, as a lending institution, have had an IT director or a CTO from the get-go, you're going to have trouble making that person report to somebody. Tech people are very weird how they interact. But yes, it's 50-50. Sometimes um, it's a C-level position reporting to executive management, and sometimes it reports to the CIO. Interesting. Interesting. That finishes up the mortgage first 30 minutes of the update. Special thank you goes out to our sponsors, Finastra, as well as CMLA, which is Community Mortgage Lenders of America, the MBA, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, and Modex, and a whole group of others. Check out all of our sponsors on our website, and we appreciate you being here. Again, don't miss next week where we have Josh Friend coming on the podcast. We heard today how Alex is saying how you can engage on this. Begin to check out the five-day the Attention to Retention, the five-day challenge, be sure to check it out and sign up for it. Don't just, don't just check it out. 
talked about Elon Musk execution, <laughs> execute, sign up on that link that we have on our website. Appreciate you being here, everybody. Have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week. And thanks for listening.